Hello and welcome to the Coifcast. It is a not misleading you. Yes, it is Adam Hughes taking the reins in the hosting seat today. As we we go for the second at my 13. Last week, obviously, I was in the hot seat and Ross grilled me through my uh, 13 players that I'd have in my uh, cast team of kind of my history watching the team. But this this uh, week, we turn it on Ross. So how are you feeling? Yeah. Yeah, I'm still here, just, just in case anyone's worried. <laughs> it's, still, it's still the double act you all know and love. I, I'm is. excited for this. I, I'm, re- I'm really excited for this. Um, it's nice to not be the host for once. I'm feeling the pressure. I feel like I've just bumbled my way through the intro, trying to obviously follow in your professional footsteps. I won't go as far as professional, but um, <laughs> I, I would say it's, it's, it's nerve-wracking. It's nerve-wracking. If, if anyone's listening going, ah, I could do that. It's not easy. <laughs> it's not as easy as it seems. Not as easy as it seems, and I thought that was absolutely fine, mate. Uh, but yeah, I'm looking forward to, uh, yeah, taking the questions rather than uh, asking the questions once. Yeah, it'd be interesting. And obviously, if anybody didn't listen to my Dream 13 from last week, you can obviously go and listen to it. Pre-warning, there is some similar players in our teams. I'm having a little peek at Ross's team right now, but there is some differences as well, which we'll obviously get into and uh, explore. So, how are you feeling? I feel good. Are you ready I'm to go with good. number one? Of course I am. Of course I am. And um, I think you're saying that because you know this is the most... Uh... <laughs> well, is it? Yeah, it is the most controversial. Probably. Pick, I, I definitely say, in your team, yes, I would think. I think we've just had a, a little chat off air and I thought my Denny Solomona pick might have raised a few more eyebrows than it, it did. Yeah, but I feel like this one might be a little bit more divisive. I think so. I think it might be, um, and, I, and I get it. I think first and foremost, I, I don't think it'd be any surprise. I'm going to say, um, based on this intro to it, I, I understand if people find this divisive. I understand if there are many, many cast fans out there who would never put this person near near their team. Uh, I think it's a, what I would say to that. I think it's a lot easier if you're 35 plus. Yeah. And you've had a, a wider breadth of fullbacks to pick from. You could have your Graham Stedmans and United's and way beyond that mm-hmm. into the 70s and 80s. I think we said last week, didn't you? Obviously, you picked Luke Dawn. That the actual kind of range of fullbacks you could pick from in the last 20, 25 years, with all due respect, isn't that strong, is it? <laughs> I'll, be honest, I'll be honest, my decision was Luke Dawn or this person. Yeah, yeah. And... Because of what happened on one particular week, yeah. which we'll never forget uh, as cast fans, oh. as rugby league fans, we'll never forget that particular week. I understand what people will never have in near their team. However, I have to view this a little bit objectively. And if I'm going to put together my all-time favourite team in terms of players that I loved watching for cast because they were superb and as someone who added the most to the team in that position, because I believe he did in the mm. relatively short time he was at the club, Zach Hardick is my fullback. He is, and I, I can I can hear them now, just throwing things at the radio or the phone <laughs> or whatever they're listening to this from. It's like ah, oh, you can't do that, Judas. Da, da, da. Um, what he did was wrong. Yeah, what what he did was wrong. The fact he was caught was horrendous, and to this day, it's probably the most talked about thing in in cast, isn't it? That you know, if he plays fullback that day, we win the grand final. I am still of the belief that might be the case. Um. I've never thought it was going to be as easy as that because Stanley Maguire still did play very, very well that day and maybe wouldn't have took that away. But 
yes, he'd have given us a bit, uh, a much bigger opportunity. But as a fullback, on on what I saw on the field as a cast player, in my time, I've not seen a better fullback than Zachary Dick. I mean, I love Luke Dong. I do. As a complete fullback, as an all-round fullback, he's the best. And I, I, I don't think it's that close, with all due respect to Dorney. He was sensational, wasn't he? Yeah, talent-wise, you cannot argue. Um, that 2017 season with Zach at fullback was unbelievable. He really did bring another dimension to the team. He f- I feel like he took it to a whole new level. And it was a late signing. It was a very late signing in, in the pre-season. Mm. And I remember sort of hearing the rumours and then seeing him walk in the ground and being like, oh, wow, this is actually happening. Yeah. It, from that moment, you kind of felt something special was going to happen that year. It, it it was crazy how one player sort of transformed this team. That's my that's kind of a lot of my opinion on it as well. I think obviously that 2017 team, we'll talk about it endlessly. There's there's numerous members of it um, yeah. in this team. I'm about to talk through as, as you'd expect. Um, he was the crucial part of it for me. And yeah. look, the bloke wearing number seven wasn't half bad either. And obviously he ended up with the Man of Steel at the end of the season. Um, people may, may remember, may forget, Zach Hardy came second that year. It, I believe it was him... Gale and Albert Kelly in the final three. Wow. <laughs> it was just quite a, it's a bit of a pull, isn't it? But it was Albert yeah. Kelly all that year. If you remember, Hull did quite well under Lee Rafford, I believe that year. Uh, they got to the semis themselves against Leeds. Um, I've always thought Hardacre should have been Man of Steel that year. And I, Definitely. I get it. I get it. Look, Gale was superb. And it's not to, not to take away from Gale. Gale is a very deserving Man of Steel. And to be honest, he'd have won Man of Steel many, many other seasons on that performance. Yeah, That's not 100%. to take away from Gailey. For me, Hardacre was our best player that year. He was. And like I said, I've only got that one season to go on, but I've never seen a performance at fullback as good as what he provided over 30 games. It was 30 Super League appearances or 30 appearances overall for Cass. I dug out a stat earlier earlier on. As far back as the records go, uh, based on Rugby League Project, which is a really great website you can check on for stats, um, it goes back as 1980, so that's a good, what, 43 years to go at. And to be honest, I don't think anything will beat it beyond that, uh, even if we went back into the 70s and the 60s. As far as I can tell, Zach Hardacre has the best win percentage of any cast player who has ever played 30-plus games for the club. <laughs> it's eight, 83.3%. He won 25 of wow. 30 games. And yeah, he was part of a great team. He was. But as I say, he was crucial to that team and oh, helped win an awful lot of those games scored some big tries I mean he scored the first try against St. Ellen's in the semi-final uh, inside the first couple of minutes I think I think it was the first set um, the, the try at Headingley I, I, I always remember the try at Headingley yeah. it raced away inside the first 20 minutes and there was always, there was that we were there I think we were working that day and there was that yeah. element of all the press was like oh it's his first time going back to Headingley would, would, would he be able to would he be able to deal with this, would he be able to deal with the pressure of the South stand, all this kind of stuff. And the first time he touches the ball, he goes 60 yards <laughs> and just beats yeah. Ash Andley and just like... Pressure handled. <laughs> yeah, gives it to the cast fans in the, in the Western Terrace. And it was like, wow, we've... He, he's some player. Uh, he's some player. Um, yeah, Zach's my number one. I don't know if you've got further questions on it, but I... I, I think it sums it up. I think you've summed that up perfectly about the amount of talent and just the ability that 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 lad had coming in in 2017 and the difference that he made 
But yeah, we'll move on. And this is where the similarities start in our two teams. It is. As we look to your number two. Yeah, I'm also going for the beast. The beast himself, the tank on the flank, whatever you want to call him. Tank on the flank. I'm going Justin Carney. Uh, in, in my team, as far as the wingers I've seen, um, just for context, I am similar to Adam, as I'm sure you'll know. I've been watching since about 2000. Well, I've been watching a little bit since, but well, before 2003, 2004, but I was very, very small. Can't remember. Mm-hmm. Um, so about 04, 05, pretty much where I start. In that time, Carney's a top two winger for me, uh, for many of the reasons we discussed in episode one. Just an absolute freak of nature, really. Yeah. Uh, not really seen anything like him in his build. Um, had the pace to beat players certainly over a short distance at the very least um, but just just pure power, pure physicality and you put the ball in his hands he's going to take three defenders wherever he's going uh, and it was usually over the try line wasn't it? Oh absolutely, I mean, we, we waxed lyrical about him ragdolling Sam Tompkins last week, I mean I'm, I'll not dwell on it too much but it, it were a common occurrence it wasn't just an isolated incident to uh, Mr. Tompkins. No. So he's just a, a incredible human being. Yeah. Physically. Just a wrecking ball, isn't it? Oh, <laughs> it's the fact that he was that big, but that fast. Yeah. Just rapid. He mixed it all like, together. Acceleration. Yeah. Wasn't it? The fact he had that acceleration over a short burst, like I say, it was like. And like yeah, quads the size of tree trunks. I think we said last week. Yeah. Um, it, it was almost built. I, mean, I know you you do a lot of work, obviously, with uh, with like strong men and things. I think and uh, that yeah. kind of sport. He's almost built like one of those guys, like a small. He he, to be fair, he's he's built like a little bowling ball almost. Yeah. He's he's very very wide and very stacked, but he just looks powerful, looks big and strong. Yeah, and um, but, I mean, if he was six foot four, Jesus. Oh, I mean, Thank it, God he weren't that big. Thank God he weren't that tall. Well, he'd have never played for Cass because he'd, he'd have been Australian True, captain. Have been. <laughs> I mean, if he was six foot four, I mean, it'd be, un- it'd be unstoppable. But um, yeah, and I, you know, I, in this team as well, and I'll get onto it in a few of my other picks, I, I want a bit of chaos. I want a bit of carnage, uh, part of the pun. And um, I think, yeah, I, I want players that are going to strike a bit of fear into the hearts of the opponents as well. And uh, I, I don't know... I don't know of many players over the last 10, 15 years for Cass who've struck, who've, I'm thinking about players who like, when they're in a meeting on a Wednesday, when they're about to play Cass, who are they circling on the ball and going, we need to wrap him up, we need, we need to look at him. Justin Carney must have been there every single week. Uh, they were frightened of him, weren't they? And for that yeah. for that reason alone, he's on this team. I think you've got a couple more of those players coming up Hope so. in this team. I'm looking at two names specifically. But you talked about chaos earlier. Hmm. And I think your number three really does bring a little bit of uh, that, maybe on the field, but also off the field. Bit of a curveball, number three, I'll admit. It is a bit of a curveball because it's it's very it's very difficult not to put Jake Webster in these centre spots, as you did. And yeah. he's such a safe pair of hands in that spot. And I, I think a lot of people watching rugby in our time would have Webster there, as you did. Uh, it won't be any secret who the other centre is going to be. We'll get onto in a sec, but yeah. Weber was a very, a very, t- a very good, good shout. And I think we discussed last week that actually at the centre position, uh, I, I literally had a look today through pretty much every single player who's made a debut since two thousand four, two thousand five, <laughs> so seeing who I'd kind of missed. And Weber was right there uh, as one of the very, very best. However, however, I am going to mix it up a little bit because this is this is my favourite team. It's not necessarily. Oh. 
the the the, the quote unquote best. Uh, it is my favorite team to watch. His favorite, my favorite players uh, that kind of resonate with me, and we talk about moments and things like that, and yeah. what they kind of brought. I'm throwing Ryan McGoldrick in at center. Interesting. Chaos, as definitely. You Chaos, a maverick, someone yes. who, again, the opposition will have absolutely had on the board, circled in the week, thinking, one way is he going to play? Yeah. <laughs> Two. What's he going to do? What's he going to do? Uh, is he going to throw an intercept to us? Probably, but he's probably going to score up the other end as well. <laughs> um, just a chaotic bloke, all, all told, really, Ryan McGoldrick, and but he's one of those players who, in my kind of formative years like growing up as a cast fan he's one of those players i remember more than more than anything i uh, had been yeah. being a kid being a, um well, a young teenager i suppose and a little bit younger supporting cast rambo gold is one of those players i think he joined about 06 07 uh play, played for i think about five six years at the club played, played for quite a quite Wild. a stretch uh then went on to made a few appearances like a hull and salford but never really had much of a career afterwards so he played well over 100 games at cast and very much regarded as a cast player. Yeah. Um, very, very talented. A very, very talented dude, uh, Ryan McGoldrick. Pretty physical as well. Um, I just loved him. <laughs> I think we all did. Well, it was love-hate to, to a certain yeah, degree. It was a, bit marmite. it was a bit marmite as a player, but when he was on it, and of course, when we're looking at these teams, we're, we're imagining them at their best, because of course we are. Yeah. And the very best versions of them. The very best version of Ryan McGoldrick was pretty damn good, wasn't he? Oh, he was talented. That's you cannot deny the amount of talent this lad had. It's just whether or not he'd turn up and kind of, as you say, perform. Maybe not throw an intercept to the other team. Yeah. Maybe not push the envelope just too far. Um. But yeah, a man that can play in pretty much any position would put his hand up to play. What? I'm sure, I've seen him play fullback, centre, six, seven, yeah. loose forward, nine, prop, second row. I looked today and they've got him down for 23 appearances at centre, so that'll do me. <laughs> I think that's just enough. You can <laughs> fit enough. him in where... I mean, I had a cheeky one last week where I put Millet in at second row just to fit him yeah. in and fit some other players in. Yeah. Do you know what? There was, one, say, there was, one, there was one I nearly threw in. He's, he's, he's a bit of a nostalgia picker, of course. And like I said, Webster, would Webster be a, a quote-unquote better option at centre? Yeah, of course he would. But yeah. it's a bit fun. It's a bit fun this ultimately as well. And oh. the other there was just two names I wanted to throw in. One of one of them I haven't because I had to go with one of the other, mainly because he made more sense to the centre. So Ryan McGoldrick plays at centre. The other one I wanted to throw in again is like a, a really memorable player from my from my years watching cast with Dean Widders. I really wanted yeah. to get Dino in there somewhere who did also I've... play at centre. Yeah. Somehow. <laughs> he did. <laughs> I've got a very good friend who absolutely adores Dean Widder, so I loved the the fact that you mentioned his name. To be fair, for his wedding, this friend, I messaged Dean Widders for a message, <laughs> and Dino sent one. To his credit, he sent one saying, uh, congratulations on getting getting married. So uh, okay. shout out Dean Widders, top lad. Absolutely, absolutely. Proper Cult hero, I think, is probably the yes. category for him, isn't it? Uh, proper fan favourite when he was there. And... The, the Bradford intercept for me. Yeah. The, the, oh. the, was it the outrageous dummy at Wakefield as well? Yeah. Uh, yeah, just some unbelievable tries and unbelievable moments. I mean, probably one of the most decorated and well-known players to ever play for Cast as well, based on what he did. Over, I, I don't think it was... It's a weird one, isn't it, with, with Widders? Like, I don't think people in Cast necessarily realised how famous no. he was <laughs> when he came oh. over. Like, he's... Royalty, isn't he? In, yeah, absolutely. In the league. 
he's, he's really highly thought of and obviously now has gone into coaching. I know he's been doing uh, some coaching of the women's game yeah, as well. So, And a, a massive driver of obviously what they've done with like now the, obviously the Indigenous All-Stars is yeah. the thing and that that's just I mean, the indigenous round and all that kind of stuff, a, a huge, huge drive for all that stuff. So Absolutely. some amazing things. So he's a proper honourable mention, really, Dean Winners yeah. in this team. But um, yeah, Ryan McGoldrick, I, funnily enough, and we've just recorded something, and we were talking around uh, something to do with Diggerland, <laughs> which yeah. is that kind of era of cast. Yeah, yeah. And um, yeah, I, I think Ryan McGoldrick, <laughs> when, I, when I think yeah. that era, the, the no, you've said it. 2010. Yeah. I agree. Those Puma kits. Yeah. Outrageous <laughs> hairstyles. Just an absolute oh. maverick. And do you know Absolutely. what? I'm, I mean, we're looking at how I, how I would line, obviously I'm not going to give it away yet, but I'm well now looking at how I'd line up this team. Look at that right edge. Yeah, I did, I did spot <laughs> I it. Mean, it's, it's ludicrous, but like, <laughs> I don't know how you defend against it. No, <laughs> I no. really don't. When I, when I touch on the next player there. I, uh, I we'll don't know how you play him. with it. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, no, that's the other thing. It could go, it could go down in flames, but um, yeah. we'll talk about that right edge once it's completed, I guess. Yeah. So we'll go on to your number four. And I don't think it'll come as any surprise. No, Shenny's in there at four. Um, for many of the reasons we've discussed uh, on episode one, and I'm sure we'll discuss on future episodes because I'm sure it'll be in uh, a number of teams as well, particularly other people around our age. Uh, yeah, anyone at the age of 30, if they don't have Shenny in this team. Struggling, unless they've watched yeah. a lot of videotapes, a lot of VHS <laughs> tapes of the 80s and 90s and before that. Uh, I'm struggling not to put Shenny in. Um, credible professional, uh, inspirational captain. And I know that that's one that we probably didn't talk about last week and that that probably didn't come across to the fans as much. No. Uh, the fact he was an inspirational captain because he's generally quite a quiet bloke or comes across that way. Um, You'll know, obviously, even better than me, but obviously I was around the change room a little bit, around kind of 17 to 19. Incredibly well-respected. And he's yeah. one of these people who, from what I gather, I'm sure you'll confirm this, when he did speak, people listened, didn't they? Yeah. Everybody showed up, everybody listened, and he really was that voice in the changing rooms. Probably had his say, but right behind him was Shenny. Yeah. And everybody listened, everybody respected him, and it's no surprise to me at all that he's gone on and having such a big success. In his coaching career, yeah. obviously working with Hull, I know from talking to a few people, Hull were gutted to hear that he were leaving and obviously coming across and now Powell is assistant at Wakefield, but Hull were gutted to be losing him because he's yeah. just that talent, that well thought of. Yeah. I mean, they brought in, um, it's Francis Cummins in it to kind of take that spot at Hull who's got decades of experience. Yeah. And like that's the role Shenny was in and it was basically his first job out of, out of the game. Yeah. <laughs> and they're, they're, they're gutted they're having to replace him with someone as experienced as Franny Cummings. Like, yeah. Yeah. Just an unbelievable bloke. Um, I've said the anecdote before about him helping me with my uni dissertation, <laughs> which is just a mark of him, really. Just just a really top bloke and an excellent player and probably just not given the credit he deserved for the, for the skill and athleticism and I think particularly defensively, we talked about last week, he was an absolute brick wall in defence. Mm but also scored 100 plus tries. So yes. yeah, just a remarkable player. And it, 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 you're hard pressed in terms of the Super League era to not have Shenny in no. the centre, I think. Right. One of first names on team sheet, I'm sure for you, as you were putting your team together, like it was me me last week. Yeah. 
Yeah, well, I basically took your team and then just kind of took people out, <laughs> which is the easiest way to. But for the it's sake of for the sake of what we're viewing on screen, which obviously you can't see, uh, if if you're listening, you might be able to see it later on in on the episode if you're watching on YouTube. I might be able to throw it yeah. in there. Um, but we've got like the thirteen laid up in front of us. Um, yeah, Shenny didn't move. <laughs> <laughs> just took my team and went wrong, 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 wrong. Different. Put your own not players wrong. in. Different. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so. We've got obviously Zach, Justin, Ryan Goldrick, Michael Shenton. Round out your back five for us. I'm going Greg on the wing. I'm going Greg Eden. Um, in the number five shirt on that left edge outside Shenny. Um, we've seen what we can do uh, with the ball in his hand. We've, I mean, his try scoring record is phenomenal. Um, I think we've said before he's not quite a try a game. He's ended cast not quite a try a game. He's only a few behind, but still. I think what I've said before, if you took away the amount of games he played at fullback and yeah. standoff and whatever, yeah. wherever the else, whatever else he got thrown, yeah, um, it would. Be. If he'd have played every single game uh, for Cass on the wing, he'd have had more than a try game for sure. His strike rate is phenomenal. Um, errors in him, yeah, yeah. Uh, throughout the early early page of his career, loads of errors in him, and you know there was there was a time when. I think as a fan, you looked at him and Daryl Powell must genuinely dislike this bloke. <laughs> Who knows whether that was the case or not? But um, it, it was certainly a frustrating one, I think, if you were the coach. Um, but you can't really argue against his record. And um helps the cast out, of course, as well, throwing him in there. And the fact he obviously started his, well, pretty much started his career way, way back. Went, went around the houses a little bit. Okay, uh, ended up at Brisbane a little bit. Scored in a World Cup challenge. Which is a, a mad memory, um, but um, yeah, since seventeen, obviously a huge part of that team, and the, I think we obviously you had two uh, wingers last week. You had Denny in there. Yeah. The, the, I think we said last week you're pretty much picking two from three. It's two really. from three. It really is, especially this era of when obviously we've been watching. Um, there's three very talented guys in there, and I, I think I mentioned it last week that. Greg was unlucky to miss out on my team. Yeah, I think um, you've got three that are great, and then you've got a few that are kind of very yeah. good. And like, I think we mentioned like Kurt Dixon. Yeah, uh, you, you can make cases for players like Jai Hitchcock who had a great yeah. year, a few good great years, and players like that. And going way back, you could argue for the sake of this team, you can pretty much make it whatever you want. So if you literally want it to be, even if they only played one really good game, but like right him in that game, you can. Yeah. Early yeah. Richie Owen was unbelievable. Might you, you win, could, right. Mike Wainwright, yeah. <laughs> Wait, I mean, probably one of the earliest ones I can possibly remember is Wayne Price. You can throw Wayne yeah. Price in there. Yeah. Um, there's been a few very, very good ones, but for me, yeah, three great ones. The greats, yeah. Denny, Denny Solomon, Justin Carney, Greg Eden, are basically 1A, 1B, 1C, I would say, in, in the sort of last 20 years of Cast Tigers history. Yeah, and Eden, Eden takes my five shirt. Like I say, he'd be outside Shenton in this team. And looking at this team in front of me, they'd, he'd score 30 tries easily. <laughs> Simple as that. <laughs> in a full season, is there many other people you'd bet against scoring 30 tries if you played a full year? No, but I think he's a definite. Yeah. <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah, 100% true. guaranteed he's scoring. Yeah. Don't get me wrong, Carney had put him on the left edge, he might score 40, but I think he. <laughs> If Eden plays, the thing is, I think if Eden plays twenty games in this in this season with this team, he's scoring thirty. Yeah. He's, he's simple as that. Talented. So that's your back line. Let's get straight into your halfbacks then. 
So your number six. With all due respect to your Jamie Ellis's and your Liam Finns and Ben Roberts, uh, very, very good player. Um Danny Orr, you can throw in there. I know you was having, but yeah. certainly throw him in there uh, as a halfback. Um, Corey asked, no. Um, <laughs> Tom Holmes. I like Tommy. <laughs> He's got that track. He's got, Tommy's got that track magic. He, he can do what he wants. Yeah. Um, it's Rangi, isn't it? Uh, I imagine not putting Rangi Chase in this team. I, I'm, do you know what? This is going to be, I think this is going to be the thing when we do these podcasts. It's Half of it is going to be me and you interrogating the other person how they are justifying not input, not putting Rangi Chase in this team. Yeah, basically. <laughs> I don't care. I don't care if you're 90. I don't care <laughs> if you watched. Look, you're gonna have to make it. I'm not. I'm not gonna say anyone's wrong, but they're gonna make have to make a really, really good case for someone else. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think to put him in at six. Um, is there anything more need to be said? Rangi Chase is my standoff. He's the most talented player I have ever seen play at the jungle. I think uh, certainly in a black and on my shirt. Had it. Had it all. Flawed genius, as we said last week, but um, pure talent, pure entertainment value. If I could bring any one of these players uh, in front of me back at their best to play on in February for Cass at 25, whatever, it's him 100%. Hard to argue, yeah, absolute talent, such a talented player. And just for anybody who's listening that's keeping track of Ross's right edge. That's Justin Carney on the wing, Ryan McGoldrick at centre, Rangy Chase at six. Tell me Sky Sports don't want that every single week. <laughs> there's, there's one more player to put onto that right edge, and God, he's a good one. Yeah, yeah, he's going to contribute, isn't he? <laughs> in a big way, in a big Just way. teasing that one out for everybody. But yeah, well, so t- Rangi... tell, me, tell me you're not getting record viewing figures on a Friday night <laughs> if you're putting that out every week. That's what I'm saying. Like, you don't know which way it's going to go. It could be chaos, but it's, you're going to score some prize. You're going to create some moments, are you? It's good viewing for sure. Yeah. So yeah, so Rangi Chase straight in there as your number six. Um partnering him in the halfbacks is somebody that it shouldn't really be a surprise. No, no, I don't think so. Uh I, I have gone Luke Gale. Um I think as you said last week, it's one of those where you're trying to rack your brain. You're trying to rack your brain like who've, who've I missed. And I know I know you made a strong case for for Danny Bruff last week, yeah. um, I would agree with probably the best seven I saw as a very young cast fan. Yeah, um, obviously in quite a short period of time. I remember obviously the the drop goal against Leeds at home, where we wore the the quartered shirt, uh, the, the classic quartered shirt, which yeah. was an absolute banger, by the way. Wow. Um, um, yeah, we've got a podcast coming in the next few weeks with um, Stephen Nicola cast rubber shirts. So that's one I want to bring up to him because I was like, why don't we do that more? Yeah. <laughs> that's a really really good shirt. Um. But I digress. Danny Bruff was fantastic. Um, we saw him in the Massey's testimonial for the All-Star game a few weeks ago. Still pretty good, you know. <laughs> still do a job for somebody. Still pretty good. They've still got the kicking game. Still yeah. Um, so yeah, you can make a case for Bruffy. As I said, Danny Orr, you can make a case. I think obviously a brilliant, brilliant scrum half cast. But I think over the course of what I've seen to play uh, in terms of playing at a very, very high level, in terms of nerves of steel. In terms of leadership as well, although never well, he was captain for a little bit, yeah. um, but not not officially captain, I guess. Um, yeah, Luke Gale seven. Uh, I think that there's there's moments he created that would would have him in these teams for decades to come. I think um, the drop goal is the obvious one. Uh, we talked last week the penalty kick um, to take us to uh, take us to Golden Point in the semi final was just important. 
There was drop kicks at Wakefield that year. Uh, was it that year? He certainly kicked drop goals at Wakefield anyway. Um, in big moments. Um, I mean, the fact he came back from appendicitis, didn't he? I mean, that was that, that, oh, to be honest, that's the moment where it springs to mind. When he came back from appendicitis, scores the try, and then does the like the McGregor strut <laughs> into, into the corner. Did he lift his top up and on his bandages? Did it say "Man's not hot"? Yeah, <laughs> not not as fond of that, but I think <laughs> but the, the the strut did it for me. I think that yeah. was that was good. Um, yeah, I think trying to hit him up. That's one of those kind of yeah popular culture moment that maybe wasn't as big as we thought. <laughs> <laughs> it's not what's gonna. If you've got to explain it in a few years' time, it's probably not that great. But, um... What did he mean by man's not hot? Just... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Move on quickly. <laughs> yeah. But um, no, that was, that was a moment in itself. And, yeah, I think we talked last week, though, the banana kick, basically, for, for Minikin's try that season. Just just a moment machine, really. And such a crucial part of that 2017 team as well. And the fact, obviously, it came from London, came from came from Bradford. Uh, in the end, when they went down, and it was it was a, a bargain. Well, not even a buy. I guess it was just a, a bargain pickup, really. And we gave him a chance. And within a year, uh, he's knocking on the door of an England team uh, selection. Obviously, ends up playing in a World Cup final off the back of off the back of that. I mean, that's, that's another thing as well, isn't it? How many how many players have played in the World Cup final while playing for Cass? I mean, yeah. certainly not no. this generation. Um, beyond Luke Gale, and I don't know if anyone else did make that team. But if I don't think they did. Um, that's a moment in itself and a, a place in cast history, isn't it? I'm sure it'll happen in the 80s and 90s and, and, and beforehand, but huge, huge. And um, yeah, Gary's my seven. He deserves it. It's as simple as that. Yeah, a man that was very much written off when Bradford went down, very much cast aside. Probably had a few doubters, probably a few people questioned when we set, we picked him up. Yeah. But as you say, definitely turned into an absolute diamond of a find. Yeah, 100%. And, um, Straight into your team as a as the number seven. So that's that's your backs. So let's get into the engine room of your team. Get straight into the pack, straight into yep. those forwards, those big guys up front. And you've definitely got some big guys in this team. So... I've gone for big. I've got, I've gone for size. Yeah. Do you know what? Like I said, I'm looking at my team and I like my backs. I think my forwards is where I'm winning games. To be honest, yeah. I, like I said, I've got a bit of unpredictability in my backs. Don't get me wrong. And there's a few errors knocking around in there, but I think my forward pack will be incredibly hard to beat. Uh, I really do. I'm, I'm liking this a lot. Uh, certainly all these players at the best. Number eight, I'm going Andy Lynch. Interesting. Yeah. Um, probably a little bit too young to remember him the first time around uh, in a cash shirt at the very least. Um, but very much do remember him. Part of a very, very good Bradford team. Part of a, well, Probably up and down whole team really afterwards, but a whole team that did. I think he was in the whole team that got to the grand final in 06. Um, but he was around there for a very long time. Might have still been rough at that time. I'm not sure. But either way, he was playing at a very, very, very high level, Andy Lynch. And just a consummate professional. Just an, yeah. an absolute. It, it, I always feel like it's disrespectful to say things like it, like throw cliches like this, like Warhorse and things like that. But. <laughs> You know what I mean? It makes them feel like oh, they're just plodders. He wasn't just a plodder. No. By any means, he was a very, very good prop forward. Um, but the, the sheer longevity of him, I think he's top three in terms of Super League appearances. Um, it, probably not given the credit he deserves from cast fans and rugby league fans generally, to be honest, for, for his standing in the game. Uh, I really do think that. I think Andy Lynch is one of those players, oh, you just kind of you know, 
flinchy. Yeah, he was just always there. But like, when you think of what he did, you think of what he achieved. Enormous, absolutely enormous career, and one of the all-time cast prop forwards for me. Incredibly talented, Wolinchy, and an, a great leader. We spoke about Shenny and his leadership off the field as well. Yeah, Lynchy's right up there next to him. Yeah, very much driving standards, very much pushing the everybody in the team to be better. Yeah, was just you said one of the best professionals I've ever witnessed on and off the field. He mentioned his time at Hull. Was it probably a standout in a sometimes average Hull team? Hmm. She was still the standout and was still one of their best players. Came back to Cass and just performed. It was great. Unfortunately, towards the back of 2017, his body started to give up a little bit. He got his moment in the sun playing, obviously, down at the jungle against Wakey when we clinched that league leader shield. Got to play in that game, which I'm sure he'll hold as one of his greatest memories. Being able to lift a league leader shield with that 2017 team and his yeah. uh, beloved cast Tigers. But yeah, great player. And was a tough exclusion for me. I know, probably looking, you back, at, him, didn't you? Yeah. looking back at my team and when you obviously put the graphic out, I think the biggest, the, mo- the people questioned most my uh, Lynchy missing from my team. That's what was questioned the most, not any other player. Well, where's Andy Lynch? Yeah, so that I think shows what people think. Yeah, yeah, it just shows the the regard is, is held in, which is good. And like I say, it's probably not, it's still not, I still don't think it's high enough, really, the, the regard is no. that it's held in, but it's still it's still up there. And, and yeah, I mean, the fact, like I said, I mean, 2017, yeah, he probably did, did just kind of hit that wall towards the end, but 2016, he was phenomenal. <laughs> and that, that's, that's right towards the back end of his career, that. So, yeah. 20. To be playing at such a high level in 2003, 2004, to still be playing at that incredibly high level in 2016 when you've got your Alex Lomses of the world and these massive humans who were a fair bit bigger than they were 13 so years previous. Young lads, you know what I mean, running at you every week and he was still up there, one of the best props of the league. is just incredible longevity. And we're talking about his professionalism. Oh. The re- you can tell he's so professional because of the, the fact he was there, the fact he was still around, the fact he was still leaning from the front at that time. Uh, he's just an absolute mark of the man. So um, yeah, if he, I know he's lived in Australia now, and um, he's one of those people. If he ever were to come back to the area or anything like that, he'd be uh, welcomed with uh, open arms. Uh, I think I think it goes about saying it in Cass Andy Lynch. Perfect. So that's your first member of your forward pack. Obviously, you'll have had the dilemma that I had last week when thinking about number nines, thinking about it was going to be Hooker. Two great Man of Steel winners. Which way have you gone? I've gone the other way. Ooh. I, I know, I know. And again, I'm kind of looking at these players as the very best versions of themselves. And I think that's the way to view it. Um, or at least in their time in a cast shirt. And Mac is sensational. Don't, don't get me wrong. He's had a Man of Steel, as you say. Um, I'm very, very happy as the captain of our club. And since he came in 2015-ish, he's been he's been phenomenal. Uh, he's been phenomenal for the team, and for me though, what Daryl Clark did in 2014 as a 21 year old, I want to say, if even that, a baby basically, it was. I mean, who else has won the Young Player of the Year and the Man of Steel in the same <laughs> in the same season? I mean, that's quite a it's a big that, achievement. Quite something that I mean, the closest anyone must have got. I mean, 
I don't know. I, I, has anyone that young even been close? Have they won Man of Steel? I don't know. I don't think Tompkins was young enough at that, that age. He's, I think he is the youngest winner. Or he's got to be close to the youngest. Maybe, maybe Roby. Maybe Roby way back because he was still understudy to Cunningham at the time when he won it. But, I mean, that's the mark of him anyway. Obviously, Daryl Clark is literally the player who's now replacing James Roby um, at, at St. Ellen's in his current team. But, um, yeah, what, what does Clark manage to do as a, a young kid, essentially? To come into that, obviously, he played a little bit beforehand, but um, what he did in 2014 uh, as part of a, a, a probably a good, a very good, again, very good, not great cast team. Um, obviously, they got to, got to the Challenge Cup final. It was the first cast team where we were like, oh, we might have something here, but I don't think they were quite at the level of 2017. But he was, he was phenomenal. He was phenomenal. And again, we'll talk about players who opposition are scared of. That they, they were certainly putting a circle around Daz Clark's name. He come off the bench, obviously Adam Milne start of the game. Daz, um, Daryl Clark had come on uh, after twenty minutes, alongside probably the two blokes alongside him in this team. To yeah. be fair, and we make a triple or a quadruple substitution after twenty minutes, and teams must have been must have been going, Jesus Christ, <laughs> we've got to do twenty minutes against these now because uh, you had these big fellas either side of him. But Daz Clark were just absolutely electric. Uh, from the play of the ball, um, so much pace, so much guile, and yeah, it is the most surprising player I think when it comes to. I can't believe he never played in the NRL. Yeah, I, it seemed nailed on, didn't it? From when we saw him, probably like in 2012, 2013. Yeah, he, he looked the most obvious NRL player. At least someone who'd have a stab, maybe not be successful, but at least have a stab. It's incredibly never went over there, isn't it? Really. It's especially in a time where certain players were going over, like obviously Josh Odson went over in a very similar time, Elliot Whitehead, obviously Burgess a little bit before, I believe. Yeah. It was this kind of the start of this new generation of English players going over to Australia mm. and it, just giving it a go. It's kind of the Australian team's cherry-picking the best players out of Super League. Yeah. How does Clark as you say, never got that opportunity or never went on to take that opportunity, whether it was his choice or the clubs over in the NRL, we will probably never know. Hmm. He's, he's quite interesting and just strange. Yeah. 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 And also it was, it was a shame we let him go. Uh, yeah. I think it was probably one of those where the pound signs just made too much sense and we couldn't not. Yeah. Uh, really, unfortunately, he's a, he's a player we'd have loved to keep kept around. There's a player later on, uh, I know we discussed it last week in the sense we'd have loved to kept him around as a young kid and watch him blossom as a cast player. Daz Clark's absolutely one of those players. It would be the same. It was a sad day when he left, but yeah, it's it, it's a weird one because he's almost had a. I, I don't want to say Daz Clark's had a disappointing career because that's that's unfair. That's really really unfair because he's won he's won things and he's been an excellent player. And like I say, he's literally going in St. Helens now um, as the successor to probably the greatest hooker we've ever had uh, in the British game in James Robertson. It's unfair to say he's had, a, he's had a... He still maybe not had the career he could have had for some for whatever reason. I can't really put my finger on it. I, I feel like he's better than the career he's had. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. I know what you mean. It's He seemed to have some really good years at Warrington. Mm. But I also feel like he's had some mediocre ones as well. Could be the team around him, don't get me wrong. Yeah. He's it always their year, but, you know, and all that. But um, maybe he's just been, you know, hit by the curse, I suppose. But, um, yeah, it just feels like there's just... Maybe it's to come. Maybe it's to come at St. Helens, don't get me wrong. But he's he's not really had that kind of crowning glory, has he? No, and I mean, he's still only 30. 
Which, still fine, man. <laughs> if he plays till like Roby did, he's still got another decade nearly ahead of him. Yeah. It just, yeah I, I, it's mad to think that's the thing because I assume he's 33, 34, yeah, you know, because he's been he's around that long. But 30. Jesus. Wow. <laughs> so, yeah, on that revelation, Daryl Clark goes into the team in the number nine position. Just beating out Paul McShane. Yep. Number 10. I'm going to go for a player you had in the back row last week because I've got other ideas for that back row. Um, yes. It does mean there's some very, very good players missing out. You had Craig Uby in this spot last last week. Um, you also had Mitchell Sargent. It means the likes of Liam Watts. And one I really considered, again, a little bit of a nostalgia play, but it was very, very good. And just for the everything that he was about. Owen Guttenbill was in this position for a little while. Right. <laughs> I won't lie. He was here. Owen Guttenbill, I, I, I had him written down. Um, but the way I was kind of working my team, I just couldn't quite get him in. Um, and there was one bloke I had to get in my team no matter what, and that's Grant Millington. Um, Millo's going to take the 10 shirt uh, for, for this team. Um, we talked about constant professionals. I mean, what a what a what a front two we're gonna have here in Andy Lynch and Grant Milton at the very best with a, a nippy twenty one year old Daz Clark between them. <laughs> it's, gonna, it's not gonna do bad, is it? No. Uh, yeah, it's an incredibly talented player, uh, hard as nails. I mean, we waxed lyrical about him last week. We could do it every single week, no, to be easily. honest. But um, yeah, and, and a genuine consideration for the for the greatest overseas import we've ever had. Um, Milo's in at ten for me. Because without saying you had to get him in this team, I think it'll be a player that we talk about Shenny being a team that's probably going to transcend generations when we do these with other people. Yeah. I feel like Milo's going to be right up there as well yeah. when we come in to talk to other people who have watched Cast Tigers for longer than we have. I wouldn't be surprised to see Milo in quite a few of those teams as well. Yeah, I don't think it's going to be any surprise if people have got front rows of Milliton and Lee Crooks or Milliton and Dean Sampson and uh, things yeah. like that. And, it, and him being very much the equal uh, or yeah. even beyond uh, some of those players. And he, he, yeah, he fits into, as far as I'm concerned, I mean, it's easy for me to say, having not watched a lot of these older players, but for me, he fits into any team of this generation. As we say, there's probably there's players in this team who probably don't. Um, yeah. that, that's the point of this, isn't it? Like I say, we're getting Steve on next. Uh, who's watched a fair chunk more rugby, uh, cast rugby than we have. So I don't think Ryan McGold will be in, <laughs> will be in his team, <laughs> for example. Uh, and there'll be a fair few of these that miss out, but that's the point of it, isn't it? Yeah. Um, his nostalgia is very different to mine. Um, but Milo is one of those players. I think Milo, the players we've talked about already, Milo, Rangi, Shenny, are yeah. probably the three where you consider it, uh, I, I think, across, across the, the generations, I guess. Absolutely. So your front row is Andy Lynch and Grant Milliton in the prop position and sandwiched between those, Daryl Clark, which I feel like is extremely scary for any team to potentially come up against. I feel like if you're circling players to watch and to kind of look at in meetings during the week, look no further than that starting front row. Yeah, I was going to say, unfortunately, there's going to be a lot of circles on this board, isn't there? Yeah. <laughs> We've that circled all board. so far. <laughs> But yeah, let's get straight into your bat row then. Obviously, you've got three more players to go and three great players coming up. Should we start with your number 11? Yeah, this is one I've copied you on. Um, I, I couldn't really find someone I could justify above him. 
to be honest, which is just credit to him. Uh, I'm going. I'm going Ollie Holmes. I'm going Oggy in, in the eleven spot. Um, I think you need that kind of grinder in this kind of team. Uh, it's quite flamboyant uh, as a team, I think overall, and I think the bloke next to him. Uh, I think you could you could argue that as well in a way. Um, you need someone who's going to go through the dirty work in this side and really kind of get through that tackling, tackle really well, be an absolute just brick wall in terms of defence, but also give it a little bit of spark as well, uh, which, which I know you talked about last week. He did have, he had that little bit of burst of pace where he absolutely could break a line as well and played an awful lot of games for Cass. If he did not have a few injuries, he'd have played an awful lot more as well. Um, it's a shame to see him in other colours. It's weird to see him in leopard print. <laughs> it was weird <laughs> to see him at Warrington. Um, but yeah, Augie Holmes is a, a one of the consummate cast players of this of his last 20, 25 years. And uh, I've got to throw him in. I think honourable mentions. One I really considered, but I just, I just I remember him being really, really good. And again, it's one of those kind of nostalgia plays, but I just didn't have enough on him. Uh, Willie Manu was a very, very good bat rower for Cass around, around the time. I, I remember him scoring a try. I think it was the first ever away game I went to. I went to, went to Wigan with my dad. Um, I was only young. Uh, I was only pretty, pretty young. I was probably maybe six, seven. Obviously, I didn't, obviously I didn't really go to away games. And maybe, no, actually, maybe a little bit older than that. A little bit older than that, but obviously, I think there's no point in me going to away games before that. Um, yeah, I went, went to Wigan. Um, Willie Manu, I think, scored a try and was just sensational that day and just a, a brilliant, brilliant player in the back row. But in terms of a case study, in terms of what I've seen, I'll get for me. Yeah, Willie Manu for me. I remember him at Cass, but I believe it was just the one season. So he was more known for Hull, I guess. Yeah, uh, yeah. Hull yeah. FC, and then obviously had a stint at um, St. Helens as well, I believe. Yeah, my memory serves me right. But yeah, great player. But yeah, Augie Holmes takes the nod in the eleven shirt for you. When we look at twelve, and we're rounding now, we're rounding out that right edge that we've con- we've just gone on about throughout mm. this podcast. Mm. So you've got Justin Carney, Ryan McGoldrick. Rangy Chase and their second rower. Yeah, because to, to unlock that madness on the right edge, you're going to have to get someone who can get the ball out to them. Um, and I think someone at their very best, you'd be very, very capable of getting the ball out to them with an offload, having carried four defenders <laughs> over the threshold as well, uh, would be a, a peak prime junior Moors. Again... The big panda. The big panda. Retired just last week. Uh, we, we wish him all the best from Absolutely. the podcast. Um, again, one of those players where you forget how good he was. Uh, I mean, the, it, it, it's a shame. He's, I mean, bless him. It's almost a shame he's been playing this long and obviously went on to Fev and played for another, a couple of the clubs. But, I mean, at his absolute best, again, probably around 2016, 2017. Uh, at the same time, I kind of annual interest storm in it in 2016. Junior Moores was, for my money, the best back row in the league. He was sensational. You couldn't stop him. You could not stop him at his absolute peak. I mean, it was it was enormous <laughs> for one thing. It was, just, it was a bit like a house, wasn't it? Just the sheer size of the man. Just walking around sort of training. I was stood there thinking, how are blokes that are trained and paid to play professional rugby stopping this man? <laughs> yeah. It's, it's just just didn't compute to me because he was just that big, that strong. That 2017 season, unstoppable. Yeah. Absolutely unstoppable. And he obviously came over from the NRL, probably one of the had probably one of the biggest pedigrees 
sort of joined the same time as Ben Roberts. Mm. And those two were quite well thought of over in Australia. have obviously played a lot of games already before yeah. they came over to Cass. Um, so I had a bit of a wrap around him. It's kind of surrounded him anyway. But to see the performances he put in in a Cass shirt, oh, incredible player. Yeah. Incredible his, bloke. I think once he got his feet in it, it was just better and better and better and yeah. better and better, wasn't it? It was, it was just, just improved and improved and improved and, yeah, it, it, it was just sensational. But like I say, not only was he massive, not only could he run the ball, and not only could he attract defenders, he then had the skill to get the ball out as well. Yeah. Which was, that, that's why he's in my team uh, in a big way. It's the fact you can have that offload as well. Uh, you can get it out the back door. It can, it, I mean, he can pass to Rangi in this team. We can then get it off to McGoldrick and then do whatever he wants on that right edge with Carney as well. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just, again, yeah, I, mean, I, I, don't, I don't know how a defence would be able to deal with that, um, hey. to be honest. He's apt at dummy half as well. I mean, I remember that past the Gailey Fox semi-final yep. drop goal. Not an easy, not an easy pass that. Was <laughs> it wasn't the greatest pass. pass in the world, I believe, either. Did the job though. Yeah. Did the job. And he's got the bloke in front of him who's I think stopped maybe about six safe players coming through in Grant Miller as well. <laughs> Made himself big, as you do, <laughs> as you should. Um but yeah, it was June. Yeah, I mean I guess Junior Moore's come up with one of the most important assists ever in Cass history as well. Yes. Uh, with, with that pass for the drop goal. So, um, uh, yeah, I, I think he's a really worthy. I mean, there'll be a lot of consideration for the back row oh. uh, in this team of years gone by, of course. And he probably won't make it in many, uh, I wouldn't have thought. But from what I've seen, um, yeah, right up there in terms of the last 20 years in terms of back rows of Cass. Yeah, absolutely. So, we come to your final pick. And to round out your 13. Like, I think it's quite an easy one. I think it's quite an easy one on the back of... Again, maybe it says a lot about the teams we've had over the last 20, 25 years when there hasn't been that many top, top teams, if we're being brutally honest with ourselves. There's obviously one... Well, there's two probably in the Powell era, uh, which, which were very, very good. If we talk about, obviously, that 2017 to kind of 20... Well, 2016 to 2018, do you want to say, that team. Yeah. And then obviously the team that got to the cup final in 2014. Um, beyond that, in our time watching cast, there's obviously there's two relegations in there. There's two side, there's a couple of sides that aren't all that great. And if we're being brutally honest, the current side isn't all that great <laughs> either. Um, so in terms of loose forward, which is one of the crucial positions on the field, have we had a whole host of superstars in the last 20, 25 years? No, we've not. We've had some good, good players in the position. And I think this this lad's the the pick of the bunch uh, in Joe Westerman. That's, that's what I'm going to go for. Um, but in terms of who else is available, I think the honourable mention would have to be Adam Milner, wouldn't it? Really? Uh, in terms of the time he did at 13, obviously in 17 again, uh, he was excellent at 13 that year. He was very, very good. Mm. Um, that I mean, that semi-final, he was, I think he got man of the match in the semi-final against um, St. Helens, or he should have done. At the very least, I don't know if they'll just give it gaily just because <laughs> because of what he did, but you know Adam Milner Sky was like. <laughs> yeah, Adam Milner was the man of the match. Uh for, for my money in, in the semi-final against Saints. He was he was excellent that year, and obviously he got uh he got a few calls uh for the NRL supposedly, and obviously ended up playing for England a year later as well. And that test series against New Zealand. Um but yeah, in terms of what I've seen, I was a bit too late for Vals. It's one of them, isn't yeah. it? <laughs> I'm a little bit too late for Adrian Bowles. I know that makes people feel a bit old, but I can't really remember Adrian Bowles playing for Cass. I, I, the only time I'll have seen him while I had a functioning brain, really, would have been when he came back uh, in about 2005 when we were in the championship, 
and played five or six games, I think, towards the back end of his career. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can't really base it off that, to be honest. Uh, I think FIFA Bad Davis kicking around around that time yeah. as well. We've got the man back together again. <laughs> Don't really remember them uh, in their prime. So, um, yeah, Joe Westman's in at 13. I, I, I mean, I've made a lot of excuses almost why Wes is in there. I don't, I don't want that to be disrespectful to him because no, he's an excellent no. player in, in his own right. And um, yeah, as you say, he's been by far our best player of the last two seasons. Um, we'll probably continue to be one of our best players this season. And as we talked about last week, when he broke through as a 17, 18-year-old, the best youngster I'd ever seen uh, wearing a cash shirt. And that includes Daz Clark, who I've already mentioned earlier. And we've, t- we've just talked about how amazing he was. Westy was the most talented, most physical, most primed for the absolute moon cast player uh, I've ever seen. And it's a shame, again, it didn't quite go that way for him. Um, but he's a player who should have had 13 England caps. It's, it's as simple as that. Yeah, probably should have had, as you say, multiple England caps, Great Britain caps. Probably should have been another player that should have gone to Australia. Uh, yeah, yeah he, def- he wouldn't have looked out of place. Definitely. I, I, at his best, he wouldn't have looked out of place. Yeah, exactly. He, he's, he had, he had, he, still does have bags of talent. So I think, arguably, are we in his prime now? Yeah. About, well, yeah, I guess he is, because, I mean... He's the last two years. Yeah, and there's probably a period, like, during, like, a few years ago, where, like, he should have been in his prime, Yeah, based on age. If we go in age alone, when he was probably 27, 28, and generally that's your athletic prime, and just things yeah. weren't quite right. I mean... There was a bit of a Toronto thing, wasn't there? And wasn't clearly wasn't working at Warren. And um, yeah, yeah, good forms for the whole. And it, it was it was a very good whole player, uh, I think we'd say. But he probably wasn't elite uh, at that time. But yeah, it probably is. Probably is at his peak. I mean, as we said last week, Wakefield he was good in his last uh, year there. And yeah, he's been, he's been our player of the year for two years for what it's worth. Yeah, superb. So yeah, so that rounds out your team. How have you felt being in the hot seat? For a week. I feel more pressure doing this. <laughs> it's weird. <laughs> like, it's like doing colour commentary, isn't it? It's weird. I feel, um, yeah, I think I feel I'm more comfortable in the in the host chair, so we'll swap back around next time. Yeah, I'll let you have it back for <laughs> next week. Uh, yeah, next time you hear the pod, I will be uh, I will be the host. But um, no, I've enjoyed it. I've enjoyed nice. it. It's, it's difficult. It's difficult putting this team together. It's very tough to whittle it down to just 13 players. Mm. I I mean we've we've both now done it, and we can both definitely say that it's been hard. We've, I think I might have sent you about three or four different lists. Yeah, and this this thirteen has changed multiple times today before yeah. I've, uh, before I've got to the podcast, and I, I, I've thrown a little nuance in mind, obviously in terms of that kind of right edge dynamic that I wanted, and I yeah. want it to be a bit exciting. Uh, really, this team, but um, it's a it's a hell of a team, regardless. Uh, regardless of the little nuance I've given myself. It's still sensational, I think. Oh, it's an incredible team. So I'll run you through Ross Williams's 13. So at fullback in the number one shirt is Zach Hardacre. Number two, Justin Carney. Number three, a big pick from Ross and a big nostalgia pick, a bit of a maverick, is Ryan McGoldrick. The ever-reliable Michael Shenton in the number four shirt with a tri-scoring machine, Greg Eden, in the number five. You've got Probably the easiest pick for people from our generation in the halves. Rangy Chase at six, Luke Gale at seven. And then he's got a monster front row with Andy Lynch in the eight shirt. 
Daryl Clark at number nine and Grant Milliton at ten. The ever reliable again, just unbelievable. Oliver Holmes in the eleven shirt, the Man Mount in the Big Panda, Junior Moores in the twelve, and then the current two-time reigning Casper Tigers Player of the Year, Joe Westerman in the thirteen. Win some games. Quiet games, that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You've got the reliability of that left edge with Shenny and Oggy. You've got the absolute unpredictability of Ryan McGoldrick, Rangy Chase on the right edge. You've got the solid, just eight out of tens every week from Lynchy and Milo. And I, I think as well, I think one of the crucial things as well is that I don't mind the the craziness of the right edge because for my money as well, we've got the best defensive fullback we've had in yeah. 30 years behind them as well. So that you can kind of sweep, if there is a few mistakes in there, you've got a player more than capable in Zach to sweep it up. Absolutely. While coming into the line himself, of course, as well. So um, I'm, I'm, the more I look at it, the more I'm happy. The more it's I'm a, happy. It's a good mix and it's an interesting mix for sure. And I think it shows people coming onto the podcast what they can do as well in, t- in terms of a team. You can throw a couple... We want you to throw a couple of curveballs yeah. in there. We want to hear about your favourite players and the players who make you when when you think about to a certain generation or a certain era, who who jumps out at you? Who is the bloke who used to ride around in a Harley Davidson everywhere? Who is that? <laughs> you? Uh, because that that's something that sticks with me uh, as a as a young lad while, uh, growing up through Cass, and he's 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 in this team for that for, for that reason and many others. Not yeah. least the fact he's a very very good rugby league player. Um, yeah, so. You're the host today. You can sign us off. So, now you've heard Ross's 13. If you do hear this and head over to the KoiCast socials, let us hear your teams. We might be picking a few. We might be getting you on to have a a little bit of a conversation and run you through your your teams. But get, get on the social media. Get your teams down in the comments. We can have a nice chat about them. It's been nice to see a few people bobbing theirs in in response to my 13 and the first episode. So I'm sure there'll be quite a few more doing it for episode two. But thank you for taking the time out from listen, uh, taking the time out to listen. See, it's hard doing this hosting job. See? Definitely having it back next week. <laughs> but I've been Adam Hughes. Our guest this week has been Ross Williams. I've enjoyed it. As always, Kaif.